1: Hey, this is Chad Dotson. You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio with me again. Uh, my, my good buddy, Bill Lack. How you doing today, Bill?
0: I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Things are going well. Things are going well with
1: the Reds, and we're going to talk about that, certainly. Uh, but There's something I wanted to mention to you, actually. I was sort of looking back at uh, this podcast, and we're in episode number 142 of the podcast now. And yeah, uh, I was looking back to see, looks like the very first episode... Uh, you and I did back in 2007
0: Holy cow <laughs> can you believe that we, we really need to get a life
1: <laughs> we really do we're still it it really is kind of sad that here nine years later we're still just sitting around talking about the Reds um, it's been an interesting nine years for the Reds that first one was uh, an interview you did with a, a young guy who yeah, we used to do this uh, spotlight player uh, profile thing for the, uh, for the website at redlegnation.com, and it was Thomas Pauley. You remember You remember talking to yeah, Thomas? Yeah, I
0: remember him. I, I, I met up, hooked up with him while I was on vacation in Sarasota. met him at his house. And we had a nice conversation. I wonder whatever happened. Well, uh, I wonder whatever happened to him.
1: Yeah, we need to we need to maybe get him back on and talk to him one of these days. He was the illustrious guest for episode number one. So, yeah, he was a high draft
0: pick, and then he ended up hurting his arm. He was he was one of those guys that hurt their arm and and never really came back.
1: Yeah, it happens uh, to the best of them, unfortunately. So, well, let's uh, let's get to talking about the current day Reds rather than former prospects of the Reds. And uh, I guess the place to start here, the place we have to start is, of course, the trade of Jay,
0: Br- Jay Bruce. You've heard of Jay Bruce, right? Yeah, I, I remember hearing the name.
1: Yeah, he played uh, some for the Reds. Uh, he was traded this week at the trade deadline, as we all know. Uh, traded to the New York Mets. Uh, the Reds, in, in in return from the Metropolitans, got uh, Dilson Herrera, second baseman, and Max Wotel, a very, very young left-handed pitcher, 18, 19 years old, third-round draft pick, Wotel uh, was a third-round draft pick of the uh, Mets. He'd been at Kingsport of the uh, Rookie Appalachian League this year, and he's uh, with Billings now, Rookie Pioneer League. Uh, Dilson Herrera, of course, has been up and down some, has played a significant amount with the Mets on and off for the last couple of years, just 22 years old. And, you know, there's, we, we can discuss whether or not Herrera is a, uh, going to be a good player, whether he's going to be a future all-star, as some uh, pundits have said. But really the, the the talk here and really the discussion around uh, Cincinnati and around Red Leg Nation is uh, Jay Bruce. You know, long, uh, fine career as a Red, great guy. Uh, are, are you as sorry to see him go as I am?
0: Oh, yeah, very much so. I, I mean, I, I watched Jay from – I probably saw Jay before – of the Reds fans out there. I saw Jay Bruce play in the Gulf Coast League. Uh, We were down, and I may have told this story before. If I do, I apologize. But we were on vacation in Sarasota when Jay was playing in the Gulf Coast League. And and the Gulf Coast League guys played at noon Oh gosh! in Sarasota. Uh, And I called the Reds' office up there, and and I said, are these games open to the public? And you could tell it it hit them weird because they went, um, yeah. <laughs> and I said, Do I need to buy tickets? They said, No. And I got there and I was the only person in the stands. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a concession stand open, bathroom, nothing. I mean, it was. And in fact, that was the day I met one of our first spotlight players. That was the day I met Bo Lanier.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and, and I can still remember talking to uh, Bo and, and, and another young man whose name escapes me at the moment. And I asked them about Jay Bruce, and they both said at the same time he can rake. <laughs> so I saw Jay play there. I saw him play quite a bit in Dayton. In fact, I, I did an interview with him for the podcast uh, in Dayton. It was the only time I've ever gone on the field. And then we were we were in Sarasota when he was playing high A ball. When he got per- the game where he got promoted because they pulled him out in the middle of the game, and he was stand- He was coaching first base after he'd been taken out of the game, and you could just tell. He was smiling and laughing, and I and I we were in the first row behind the dugout. And I yelled out, "I said, Jay, did you just get promoted?" And he shook his head, "Yeah." And uh, I was at the and then I was at uh, Great American. Not the day he started. I think he came up on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and I was there that Friday. And if you remember right, the first week, I mean, he was on fire.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, he month. looked
0: like a Hall of Famer the first week. I mean, I I, I kept telling people he was going to be the mayor of the city in about two more weeks. <laughs> But, you know, Jay's, you know, there have been a times when Jay's talent was frustrating. But at the end of the year, most years, he's had struggles the last couple of years, but most years he came out with pretty good numbers at the end of the year. And the one thing you can say about Jay Bruce, he was always a class act for the Reds.
1: From from day one. And a couple things to build off what you just said. I agree 100% with all of that, obviously. After his first week with the Reds, he was hitting five seventy seven with three home runs and seven RBIs. Uh, which is uh, a little bit more than amazing. Now, uh, I don't think I told you that I was going to do this, but uh, it just pu- just published it today. Uh, I, we, I called it a Red Leg Nation flashback or something. But I did a, a, a new post and linked it back to that interview you did with Jay Bruce standing in the dugout at 5th, uh, 3rd field there in Dayton. And so if you go to RedLegNation.com right now, you'll see, you, can, you can find Bill's interview that he did with a very young Jay Bruce. And it's got a picture that I... have uh, added to the post of Jay looking uh, dashing as a 19-year-old with hair that looks like he's stepped right out of a boy band,
0: um, and he looks like he's about
1: 12. Oh, he really does. I mean, he just, <laughs> you can't believe this guy is a guy that's on the verge of uh, coming to the big leagues, which he which he was uh, very shortly thereafter. Um, but it's a good little interview, and uh, and again, you know, taking some time. That was back in 2006, April of 2006, Bill. <laughs>
0: Holy cow!
1: So over ten years ago, and uh, took take some time for you, and that, that was fantastic. You know, the part that I think about when when I think about Jay, uh, obviously, and it's where you went with your comments. Obviously, Jay Bruce, you know, uh, averaged. Let's see, I have it. I have it down here. You know, uh, averaged thirty-two home runs and a hundred and some RBIs for a three or four-year stretch, and yeah, you know, has been three-time All-Star and and has just been yeah I mean you know he, he sometimes people got frustrated because he was the number 1 draft pick and he never did quite become a legend uh, in in franchise history and he did have these last two years that he was hurt and then gotten a funk and they really were bad but everyone I think was so happy to see Jay Bruce back not just cuz he was helping the reds but because he's always been from day one even when he struggled never causing any problems always smiling always a great guy and, and and i've talked to a lot of people on and off the record around the reds and to a man i've never heard anyone say a single thing bad about dealing with jay bruce so uh, the reds are gonna miss him i don't think they should have traded him i still uh, maintain that but uh, it is what it is and i was really happy to see him hit a three-run homer last night for the mets um to that—that that was the difference in their in their victory. So he's just going to look—he just looks wrong
0: in that uniform. No, he,
1: he does. He does. Yeah, you talked about the first time you saw him play. And speaking of New York, the first time I actually saw him play was in New York, uh, of all places. And uh, earlier this week, I wrote a piece about uh, about Jay for Cincinnati Magazine, just sort of my personal reminiscences about him. And, and the first one that I talked about was being in New York City. He'd been uh, a red for about a month at that point. And they were getting ready to play the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. I thought it oh, was a great time to go see uh, go see the Reds at Yankee Stadium. Never had never been to Yankee Stadium before, and uh, get him to uh, get to see Jay play right field out there—the same right field that was manned by the best right fielder in Yankees history, Paul O'Neill. Oh no, maybe maybe Babe Ruth. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm walking around the city, and there are Reds fans everywhere. You know, there's sort of buzzing. Uh, which, is, which was strange to see Reds fans everywhere, or people purporting to be Reds fans. And I saw no fewer than 10 people with uh, these Reds, I call them jerseys you know, these shirt jerseys that said J. Bruce, uh, you know, Bruce 32 on the back. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, this guy's been in the big leagues for a month, and there are the people walking around with J. Bruce shirts uh, here in New York City. And uh, I think he went one for four. I looked it up. I think he went one for four the day that I saw him. But, uh, you know, he was still hitting – you know, 315, 406, uh, on base, 500 slug, and still playing great. And, uh, you know, a legend wasn't born that month, although it started to seem like it the way he hit when he first came up. But I think it's a guy that Cincinnati sports fans are going to remember very fondly for a long, long time. I hope so, anyway.
0: I hope so, too. I, I You know, you, you can look at the last couple of years when he, when he struggled, um, but <clears throat> always, always a smile. Oh, and, and and let's also be honest—he he stayed a pretty healthy ball player. Um, he,
1: yeah, until that injury in what fourteen or whenever that was. He really was,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, when he—that he, was, that was when he broke his wrist, wasn't it? Or no, was that the knee?
1: That was the knee. I think he hurt at the wrist. Maybe uh, maybe that was no, maybe that was the wrist, and then the knee was later.
0: Yeah, because he only did. I mean, even then, he played one hundred thirty-seven games. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Jay. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, he was a 155 and up player almost every season. I mean.
1: And he did get some criticism and maybe some deserved criticism. He wasn't very good the last couple of years. But he's the type of guy that I feel like, as Reds fans sort of look back on his career and get a little bit away from some of the day-to-day criticisms, I think people are going to remember that uh, – Number one that he was a great guy, never caused any problems, and then when you combine that with look at his numbers, and he did have several years, you know, uh, where he was very, very productive, and uh, you know, I I, I just feel like he's going to come out of this uh, smelling like a rose in some ways.
0: and, and And the iconic home run, you know.
1: Yeah, we've gone this long into talking about Jay Bruce, and that's the first time we've mentioned that moment, which is burned in everyone's memory. Right, Clinchmas.
0: I mean, it, it, it's probably, it was probably the biggest single Reds home run since one of benches in the 76 World Series, probably. Or, or the Eric Davis one in 1990.
1: I would say probably the Eric Davis one. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then probably before that, you go back to Bench. And of course, we're, yeah. again, we're talking about iconic moments in this franchise's yeah. history. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that we're never going to, that are never going to be forgotten.
0: So. Yeah. I, and, I, and, and and we haven't even touched on the, the, how well he played right field.
1: Oh, yeah, for years. There's been some criticism the last day, uh, year or two about that he's lost a step, but for a time, there's no question in my mind, he was the best. Don't you think? The best right fielder. I think things. the best
0: all around right fielder, you know, it might be somebody with a little bit better arm, but, you know, they didn't, you know, they had a tendency to drop balls or, or you know. Yeah, or, or, they, or, they as, or they weren't as consistent. You know, you can talk about the Puy kid up in, in L.A. I mean, he's done some phenomenal things in right field, but, I, you know, he's also taken some plays off.
1: Yeah, Bruce and just his gun, and you know, there there probably were some, some players with better arms, but man, uh, there weren't many because you watch uh, Bruce out there in right field and. He made a couple throws that always made me think of uh, made me think of a couple things. Made me think of uh, Paul O'Neill's throw in the uh, National League Championship Series in 1990, and yeah. uh, and of course Dave Parker's legendary throw in the all. He wasn't a red at the time, but in the All Star Game 78, whenever that was. Um, and it seemed like Bruce was doing that early in his career until people quit running on him. It seemed like he was doing that over and over, just gunning people down at third base. Yeah.
0: And, and I thought it was interesting the other day that, you know, it was either the day or two days after Jay was gone, the Scheibler kid in right field gunned some guy at second base, tried to take an extra base on him, and nailed him. Yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, next,
1: you know. <laughs> right, yeah. And then and then Scheibler a couple of innings later uh, jumped over the fence and robbed a home run.
0: Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't see that, but I read about it in the paper.
1: Yeah, so. Uh, not making us forget Jay Bruce just yet, but.
0: No. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, and, and if this gets Jay into the World Series, you know, even though I'd have a real hard time rooting for the Mets in the World Series, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'd root for Jay.
1: Uh, you're going back to the days of uh, Buddy Harrelson. That's why you're not going to root for him.
0: I'm old enough to remember that 70- <laughs> 70 When uh, the Reds, When the Reds lost to a team that ba- in the playoffs that barely finished above 500.
1: Oh, gosh,
0: yeah, 70, 73, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Those short series,
0: you got a good and staff. You got a shot.
1: You do, you do, and they did have a good. Yeah, pitch. when you have
0: Seaver, Kuzman, and Matlock, uh,
1: you're doing, you're going to do all right in a short series. Yeah, yeah, to say the least, uh, even against the big red machine. So, yep.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, this
1: the the trade is, you know, we'll see uh, the the kid the Herrera kid they got back is I think he's a good player. Uh, I think he's got all the skills and I think he's ready to take over second base right now which I I know if you had a vote that you would vote that he took over tonight literally um well we've talked about (laughs) ad nauseum
0: I mean and I I don't know what the Reds are going to do with with the Brandon Phillips situation even even people here like Lance McAllister who've been on the Phillips bandwagon forever at least now are are starting to admit that the, the Reds have put themselves into a difficult position Uh, You know, I've said before what I would do. I would tell Brandon that, you know, your time has passed. We appreciate you. You're a great player. You're a Reds Hall of Famer. But you're going to be a bench player. You might play once a week. And if he became a problem, I'd suspend him without pay. Conduct detrimental to the team. Or
1: designate him for assignment.
0: Well, I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do that. And then I'd say, okay, this is the way it's going to work out. Do you want us to trade you? Yeah. You know, if he's still a problem, I'd keep him suspended, and you know, until I felt that he, you know. And I'm sure you'd end up with a fight with the union and all that stuff. But if he's a problem in the clubhouse, I don't see why you couldn't. All, all that is reasonable; that it really
1: is. But man, don't you hate to see it end that way with a, a guy that's, like I've said a few times, is going to end up in the Reds Hall of Fame. But in some ways, man, I'm not sure it could ever uh, end any other way than ugly. With Brandon, he's you
0: know. He, well, he, when they, when they gave him a contract that was too big and too long, which you know, there's a lot of people said the Reds have done that three times now. Um, the the and a guy coming up, you know, on a, and he was going to be a ten-five guy. They really put themselves in a position that there 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 really wasn't. Well, if, if Brandon wanted to be reasonable, he'd be in Washington right now. Yeah. You know I don't ever want to hear Brandon Phillips talk about wanting to play for a winner because he had his chance to play for a winner this year
1: yeah and, and he earned the right to say no that the 10 oh, five, you know,
0: absolutely that, I mean it's part of the deal I mean the 10 five right. thing is, is part of the deal but you know don't tell me it's all about winning yeah
1: exactly because uh, he could be playing for a World Series right now uh, and and the nationals are just uh, you know they uh, they
0: dodged a bullet there. Well, and I and I have to admit, I'm surprised he didn't go. You know, I thought that, that you know he would he would jump at the chance to to get back in Dusty's lap. Yeah. Uh, and, but you know, from everything you read and hear, you know he he wanted more more money, and the Reds weren't willing to do it.
1: Well, there's never going to be a better situation for him going back with Dusty and uh, playing on a team that has a chance to uh, make the playoffs. Right. Uh, so if he, if he wouldn't accept that one, you know, what is he going to accept? The only way he's going to accept it now probably is, li- like you say, if he's threatened with uh, or is actually benched. Yes. You know, it really amazes me. I've said it. I think I said it on the podcast as well. But it still amazes me that this is even a question. You know, at some point, players get old. You know, father time is undefeated and uh, I think of a guy named Joe Morgan you probably you probably remember that guy pretty good second baseman you know what happened after his age 35 season the Reds no. cut the Reds cut bait with him I mean uh, he, he was a free agent the Reds didn't sign him uh,
0: he had a couple more pretty good years though
1: he did he had several uh, good years after that um, but you know at some point it's 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 time to move on.
0: and I, well, you know, At some point, you, you've got to realize that the odds are, 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 are going to be in your favor moving on.
1: I, just, I can't believe that uh, Brandon Phillips could be a starter next year for the Reds at age 36 when Joe Morgan wasn't uh, deemed good enough to be a starter at age 36 for the Reds.
0: How did he hit 268 home runs when he only weighed 160 pounds? <laughs>
1: That's a good question.
0: He was pretty good.
1: <laughs> um, he took too many walks, though. Yeah. Clogged the bases. I hated those
0: 400 on-base percentages. I know, I know. Um, Two years he won the most valuable player were the two best years I ever saw a player have. And I've been watching baseball since the late 60s.
1: Now, I think one of those years, I think it was 75, he had like a 464, I'm doing this off memory, 466.
0: 466 on-base percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he slumped the following year. He went down to four forty four.
1: Well, that four sixty six was the franchise record until Joey Votto broke that a uh, couple years ago.
0: And, and then, but in seventy six, when he only had a four forty four on base percentage, he raised his slugging percentage to five seventy six.
1: <laughs> and, if, and if he did weigh one hundred sixty, it was you know soaking wet. Uh, man. You know, an OPS
0: plus of one hundred eighty six isn't bad. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take that out of my second baseman. Well, you know, his, his, his last year in Oakland at age 40, he played 116 games, and he had no PS Plus of 128. Wow. At age, <laughs> at age 40. At age
1: 40. And the power had gone at that time, but he was still getting on base.
0: Yeah. I mean, 356. Yep. I'm, just, I'm, I'm glancing here to see what his worst on-base percentage was. His worst on-base percentage after he was playing regularly. Was the year before he came to the Reds? It was only three fifty one in nineteen seventy one in Houston. I don't know. I take it back. Seventy eight. He was three forty seven with the Reds. Man, that's something. And, and that was his worst. And he still made the All Star team. <laughs>
1: what was it? What'd you say at age forty? What was his OPS plus?
0: Uh, one
1: hundred four. Okay, one hundred four. So that's above average. One hundred is average. So. Uh, at age forty. At age forty, Brandon Phillips right now age thirty five. is OPS plus
0: eighty one. Yeah. So, ah, whatever. But, but you know, man, mentioning Brandon Phillips in the same breath with with uh, with Joe Morgan reminds me of when somebody mentioned Thurman Munson in the same breath, you know, breath with Johnny Bench and, and Sparky. And- Sparky said, "Don't embarrass anybody. I mentioned him in the same breath of Johnny Bench. That's know? right.
1: Yeah, that's not that's not fair to Brandon Phillips because there's never been another Joe Morgan. Right. Exactly. That's not a I mean, cri- it's not a criticism of Phillips. No, it's to say not He's not, a he's not as of good as Morgan.
0: It's just it's just how good Joe was. I mean, he, people and depending on who you believe, he's either the best second baseman of all time or the second best baseman, second best second baseman of all time. Yeah. You know, depending on who you want to believe.
1: Right. Because the best second baseman, I, in my opinion, of all time is probably Pokey Reese."
0: I was I was a Ron Oster man.
1: <laughs> Ron Oster, Reds Hall of Famer. Ron Oster, Cincinnati guy. Cincinnati guy. So you know, going back to Brandon, they do have. I, we've been talking about the decision they have to make. and my opinion, had been all along that that decision was going to be made after the all or the uh, trade deadline. I thought that the Reds were going to be able to deal uh, Cozart, which they barely narrowly missed out on doing, evidently. And I thought they'd deal Cozart. They'd put Perazza in at shortstop, and it would allow them to kick the can down the road on Brandon Phillips, moving him away. Uh, As it turned out, something different happened. Kozart wasn't traded. The Reds actually traded for a second baseman, and they've clearly decided to kick the can down to the end of the year, I guess. Uh, And over the offseason, if they can deal Kozart, that's one thing, and then make make a decision on Phillips. But it looks like we've got Kozart and Phillips as our
0: uh, Bill, well, I'm not the sure the that they, they may trade before the you know before the the other deadline, the the, the right. waiver deadline. It's possible. It's possible. Um, Either way, to they're my, not going to get anything for Cozart. Um, no. and, and it's yeah. not I mean, he's a, he's an okay player and he's having a good year and blah blah blah. But he's just not going to bring anything.
1: It depends on how desperate some team is for a shortstop. Because, you know, for the next two years he can man a shortstop position and uh, do it relatively effectively. But he's 30. He's a 30-year-old shortstop, you know. That's not exactly a uh, –
0: Where he's had one bad knee and one bad shoulder.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, mean, his defense has been good this year. I don't have any problems with how he's playing. My wife –
0: and he's my wife's favorite player, so.
1: (laughs) I I can imagine why.
0: Yeah, you can. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry about that. That's all right. (laughs) But – uh, but but Phillips is going to be your starting second baseman the rest of the season. That's at this point I think that's clear. It's, and it,
0: I, I th- and it makes absolutely no sense.
1: If you're really in a rebuild, why aren't we seeing what we got from the young guys? That's the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, you know, and and with them sending the Peraza kid back down, you wonder what they're thinking about him. Now, are they sending him back down because they want him to play every day? I, which is what they said. Or if they, you know, do they not think he's the player they thought he was when they traded for him, and that's why they got this other kid, you know?
1: Well, I think the idea he's playing he's playing shortstop every day now in uh, in AAA, uh, and uh, Dilson Herrera, the new guy, is playing second base, so they're down there getting to know each other a little bit and getting to play every day. That's what the, that's that's their stated reason. I have been interested to see though that down in AAA, it looks an awful lot like the Reds have sort of given uh, Delano DeShields the manager down at Louisville some marching orders because he'd been batting Jesse Winker 7th and doing all kinds of crazy things. And uh, yesterday he had Herrera, Dilson Herrera batting 1st, playing 2nd base, Jose Peraza batting 2nd, playing shortstop, and Jesse Winker batting 3rd. So it looked like he may have gotten some marching orders because that's unlike anything he's done all year. Just get those guys some at-bats. and uh, get them ready. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if, if Herrera and Peraza are the middle infield combo of the future, but we got to find out. And, okay, if they want to wait until next year to, uh, to to bring him up to the big leagues and see if they can do it, all right. I mean, I think that's what's going to happen. But, you know, they got Phillips signed for another year. He's signed through next year. So they're going to have to make this decision eventually. Uh, and if, if Brandon Phillips is your starting second baseman midway through the year next year, I'm probably going to uh, – well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ballistic. Uh, I try to I try to stay relatively even keel when it comes to the Reds because it's just baseball. But man, that would be just insanity in the middle of a rebuild to have a 36 year old second baseman standing in the way of a guy who uh, you know 22 year old short uh, second baseman now who has been as as high I think as uh, 30 or so in uh, in. in the ranking of prospects all around baseball until he played too many games in the big leagues to not qualify as a prospect anymore. Uh, he may or may not be the player, but I don't know why we're not finding out if he's the player. Is my, is my opinion on the matter? If Herrera is not the guy, okay, but we got to find out. We got to we got to learn something about him, and it's not you're not going to learn. You'll learn something, but you're not going to learn uh, with him playing at AAA what you would learn with him facing big league hitters. Like I say about Cody Reed at pitcher, people are yelling, "Ah, oh, send him back down." And I'm like. You know, okay, but uh, you know he can't keep pitching awful forever. But Cody Reed's not going to learn how to get out big league hitters unless he's facing big league hitters.
0: Well, and that's one of the things Price keeps saying is that you know he doesn't have anything left to prove at AAA.
1: Right, and and, and at some point it's going to be the same thing with Herrera and Peraza at, at AAA. Nothing left to prove. And I like Kozart, and I'm very appreciative of what Phillips has done for the Reds over the years. But okay, are we looking to build a team here, or are we, are we looking to not hurt uh, egos?
0: Well, and it, it, it's almost like they're afraid to 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 make a full commitment. Yeah. Um, whether it's ego or whether they don't want to take the PR hit, because I mean, they bench Phillips, they're going to take a PR hit.
1: And it's a PR hit on the heels of PR hits taken in the last twelve months from trading Bruce and Fraser and Leak and Quato, um and uh, Chapman. You know, so yeah, they're not they're not eager. To find another to, to take another PR
0: hit, I'm sure. But well, and the other thing is, there's a lot of they took a PR hit on those trades just strictly from a public relations standpoint. Uh, I would say, for, with the more uh, mainstream Reds fan that, that that don't understand what they're trying to do, or what the I don't think what they don't understand why they're having to do what they're doing. And they also they've taken it a, a a hit from the more deeply involved Reds fans that they didn't get enough back.
1: Well, yeah, and I think yeah. that each individual trade you can argue uh, one way or the other, uh, except for the Chapman yeah. trade, which was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. I don't think there's any way. Uh, yeah, you can't. Yeah, there's no way
0: you can. Yeah.
1: Uh, and and that's not really even a. I mean, I think the the two guys they got back have a chance of contributing. To the next good red team. Rookie Davis, pitcher, was just uh, brought up to Triple-A. Um, and Tony Renda was uh, infielder, 25-year-old infielder, was just brought up to the big leagues and could be a, a decent, maybe bench player.
0: But but, if, but when you see what they got, for, what the Cubs gave up for him a year later with less time left on a contract. Oh, oh no, oh, no, no question. question. That's why I say it was an unmitigated disaster. Uh, but...
1: but you know yeah. what? What I think about is, there's okay. Yes, there are questions that did they get enough back? Uh, there, are, uh, the PR hit they took for just trading those guys, but isn't it in their best interests at some point to say here's why? Here's our plan. Here's why we traded the, those guys. This is the next generation of Reds talent that you're going to be uh, in love with. Uh, it, at some point, you got. I think you plug Herrera. I think when you plug Herrera and Perazza and Jesse Winker to left and some of these guys, you start uh, Reds fans can see. A little bit clear, more clearly. Oh, okay. Here's here's what they're doing, you know, and uh, and and they have the res that can be rooted for rather than just names on a on a on a, a transaction line after a trade. Uh, yeah, they'll take some hit, but if Herrera comes up and starts hitting at second base and it becomes the player that uh, some scouts have always thought he could be, then okay, you know, people start uh, softening their opinion. On uh, on dropping the 35 year old second baseman and on trading Jay Bruce for this kid, so uh, what what they're doing it seems to me is they're sort of a, a middle ground where they're trading away all these popular guys when uh, uh, and, and there was a need to, but they're not giving the the average fan a reason to uh, uh, you know a reason to believe that they know what they're doing because they're still playing guys like Phillips and Cozart and uh, you know uh, we're not seeing the fruits of that just yet. So, you know that's that's sort of my opinion. I I think we need, you need to just get those guys up here and find out what you've got. Hey, like I say, Herrera may not be your your second baseman of the future. How are we going to know? Peraza may not be the shortstop of the future. They've had him playing left field and right field and or center field. And you know, how are we going to know if, if he's the the guy if they don't play him?
0: I, I couldn't agree more. I'm just I, I looking at Waker's numbers, and he's putting up some pretty daggone good numbers and Louisville. The, the power numbers aren't really what you want to see, but yeah. getting on base and, and and you know hitting for a decent average—I know that doesn't mean much—but uh, he, he can get on base. And uh,
1: and Jason uh, Linden, who writes for us at the Red League Nation and is on the podcast some, he he's seen him play a number of times in Louisville and thinks he's probably a little bit better defensive outfielder than then maybe he gets credit for. He's also almost
0: five years young for his level.
1: That's the thing. And he's he's gotten on base everywhere he's gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's only 22.
1: Yeah. Uh, And and that's actually something that excites me. Uh, Herrera's gotten on base at a decent clip. Dilson Herrera. So he may be your second baseman. Winker's going to move into the outfield, hopefully. He's gotten on base at a decent clip. And... The guy they drafted number one this year, and it's a little early to start uh, calling him an all-star yet, but Nick Senzel, the third baseman out of Tennessee, I wish I looked at his numbers up here before we got started. He has been not just getting on base and uh, having a good approach to the plate; He's just been destroying the ball. I mean, he has been incredible.
0: He's hit better in Dayton than the little bit of time he spent in, in, uh, in Billings, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, he, yes, yes, he's killing the ball. And there are people who think that uh, Nick Senzel – Will be with the Reds at some point next year. That he's that good and he's that close to being ready. After I mean, he was a college guy, so you know, you know, he's going to be closer anyway. But but because of his approach, there are people who think he'll be the third baseman in Cincinnati at some point next year. So uh, Jesse Winker should be here at some point next year. Herrera at some point next year. Well,
0: you only got what do you? Let's see, what have we got? Like a month or month left of the season. Yeah, the miners. And he's still at low A. I have a hard time seeing him in the majors next year. I, Let me pull up his numbers here, real quick. I, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. I'm looking at at least the the Dragons ones. And Dayton, let's see. He's played 31 games. He's hitting 302, 424 on base percentage, 509 slugging. He's got three home runs and 106 at bats.
1: Okay, so he starts next year in double-A and you don't think he can end up in the big
0: leagues by the end of the year? You think he jumps? Yeah, I guess he will probably jump high. Well, he'll probably jump high, yeah, I guess.
1: I, I think he will. I think he will. Um, I mean, he. It, it, well, this is all presuming, of course, that he keeps hitting. But
0: uh, Yeah, I mean, that's what we're –
1: Uh, There are people that that uh, within the organization that really believe that, and uh, and I don't know. I've not seen the guy play other than one game when he was in Knoxville at uh, Tennessee, and I didn't even know who he was, and didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to him. So, uh, but but okay, say he's not. You know, 2018. You got he and Winker and Herrera here. If things you know if things go here, I'm trying to be optimistic. But you add those three to Votto, and you got four guys in your lineup that can get on base. Plus, Billy Hamilton, who's the greatest player in the history of the universe. Oh,
0: you my know? God, Hey, don't,
1: don't, don't you say anything bad about Billy Hamilton. I won't stand for Are it. Are you having his baby or something? I won't stand for it. He is the best. He's the most underrated player on this team. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Bill, I'm going to uh, – we'll have a little talk later after we stop recording. Okay. But anyway, you can start to see some of the you – know, we've said for a while that the Reds have got their pitching in a decent place to at least uh, hopefully that it will shake out to where they have enough good pitchers unless everybody uh, sort of uh, implodes at the same time. Now you're starting to see some hope that they're working on a lineup and there's still work to do. You know, What are they going to do with uh, the other outfield spot? Uh, yeah, I don't know – I'm not on board with Duvall or Shevler as being – a long-term uh, solution there, even though Duvall made the all-star team this year. So there's still plenty to do, and there's very little depth, but I don't know. You're starting to see, I think you're starting to see play. You know, Position
0: wise, there's no organizational depth. I mean,
1: none. Yeah. I think they they got some top starting to get some top shelf guys, uh, certainly in the infield and, uh, uh, and of course, Winker is the, the one outfielder. Of course, Cozart's, I mean, uh, Hamilton's still young as well, mm-hmm. but there are, uh, yeah, there's still can't add either, but other than that, Bill? Bill? Uh, yeah, you this know, ain't your courtroom, bud. <laughs> you know I respect you, Bill. Uh, but you are out of order.
0: But you're holding me in contempt. Tell me? Yes.
1: Um, so, yeah, there's no. you're right. There's no depth whatsoever. But some of the top shelf guys are starting to look like, uh, you know, re- reason to hope, I guess. I guess. Um, Homer Bailey's back, too. What do you think about that? Looked good the other day. He did look good in his first time back, and he also complained very loudly, very vocally about the Reds' trade of Jay Bruce. I don't know if you saw that, but...
0: Yeah, Homer needs to do more playing, a lot less talking.
1: (laughs) Yeah, really. He's been cashing paychecks for a while, and... uh, Big ones. uh, Big ones, and uh, not giving us a whole lot, or not giving the Reds, I didn't pay his paycheck, not giving the Reds much for that. Not much bang for their buck. But he's worked hard to get back, and, and he looked awfully good in that first start, throwing hard even late in the game. So, you know, you add him to the mix of all those starters, the Reds, the young guys, and, again, if you look at 2018, uh, maybe. So, you know, you add Homer Bailey into the mix, and who knows?
0: Who knows? Oh, you know this Sensel kid? He's also uh, 10 for 14 and stolen bases.
1: <laughs> so really? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he was—he does have the reputation of being a good athlete. He was—he played some shortstop in AAA, or not AAA in uh, in college at Tennessee. So, and his college coach actually said that he thought the Reds should put him at shortstop to begin his pro career. He said he thought he could handle the job defensively at shortstop. Now, that's you know, obviously the Reds don't agree with that, or they have been trying him there. But it makes me kind of reminds you of another guy
0: playing third base in the big leagues that. Was drafted as a shortstop.
1: You talking about the yeah. Chicago White Sox third baseman, or uh, yeah, that's the one
0: I was talking about. The, yeah.
1: the Cincinnati Reds also have a, a third baseman like that. Todd Frazier and A.J. A. A. Suarez, both the Reds' most recent third baseman, started out as shortstops. So yeah,
0: and a red short center fielder started out as a shortstop.
1: Oh man, he probably could still play shortstop and center field at the same time.
0: Yeah, and couldn't <laughs> throw from either one. Easy partner.
1: <laughs> man, <laughs> I'm about to get you on the Billy Hamilton. Uh, bandwagon yeah
0: I, i'm not a big bandwagon guy so yeah, that's clear that's clear but uh well, Todd, it, todd's struggling a little bit up in chicago but he's still playing above average i mean he's ops plus 110
1: yeah based on power almost entirely oh yeah uh so, but uh he, you know i love 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 frazier nothing bad to say about him he was a good yeah. red and good man and a good man Provided one of my uh, uh, big highlights, the loudest I've ever heard, Great American Ballpark. And and I was there for clinchmas when Bruce hit his big home run. But, man, I've never heard that park louder than it was at the Home Run Derby last year. That was insane. Uh, So, you know, we've talked some about the individuals. We've talked about Jay. We've talked about Homer. And uh, a lot of people are disappointed in the Reds and they're trading everybody away. But all of a sudden you look up. They're playing pretty good baseball right now. Where did that come from?
0: They're playing very good baseball, and they're still in last place.
1: Oh, yeah, that's just temporary. They're going to be probably in the wild card hunt here soon. Actually, if you saw the the ESPN preview for today's uh, game, and we're recording this on Friday, uh, the ESPN preview, we linked it at uh, our Twitter account uh, for the Reds and Pirates, called this a game between two teams that are in the hunt for the uh, second wild card spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, somebody needs to go and. Uh, well, you know, you got to promote the game somehow. I guess, but uh, no, I'm not uh, going to predict the Reds are going to make the playoffs. But they've won six.
0: The Pirates are, the Pirates are another team, though. That I can't figure out what they were doing at the trade deadline. Uh,
1: they made one deal that you think, oh, that's an interesting uh, trade. Trading half a year of uh, the what the. Uh, of the relief pitcher, Mellon Cohn, and getting back some players in her return. But then everything they else, I'm just like, what are they thinking? Are they trying to win here? or What are they doing? Yeah. Uh, we know what the Reds were doing, just making everybody upset by trading away the all-star right fielder. Uh, six straight series wins for the Reds since the all-star break. First time since, like, 99. 99. That was a fun year. Um, and after a, just a historically bad first half, What's what's going on here? Are they? I, I tend to think they are legitimately better. They're not this good, but I think they're a better team that get some guys. Yeah, the bullpen
0: is, is kind of found its its sea legs. You know, they've gotten a little healthier and they've got guys that, that can actually pitch in the bullpen.
1: Yeah, you add Iglesias and uh, uh, Rosella Iglesias and Michael Lorenz into that bullpen mix and it changes things. Because so then you can get rid of the uh, who. Uh, I, Sort of tried to forget some of the guys from I blocked the first, out that I but uh, J- the JJ Hoovers and the Daniel Wrights and the well, Steve, Steve Dillabars.
0: Poor or JJ Hoover. I, hey, I I'm like you. I love the guy. I'm not willing to throw him under the bus, even though I mean, man, is he but was he terrible?
1: His ERA was only 13.5. I mean, give him a break.
0: Well, you see, they 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 took him off the forty and outrighted him yesterday. I think it was.
1: Yeah, nobody claimed him. Uh, not surprising. Yep. I hate that because I. I'm like you. I thought he was a I thought he was a guy that could do it.
0: I, I thought you know and he's a guy that I, I wonder if a change in scenery might help.
1: Maybe because uh, he's another guy we talk about Bruce but never he's never made an excuse.
0: He just and he, no.
1: he always talked to the media. He always was a stand-up guy. I hate it for him but reminds
0: me of uh, who was that reliever that that was with him for a few years and then lost his fastball a couple of years ago and they said he spent all last year in Louisville? Oh. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he was a he was a big player on the Reds bullpen. For oh, no- uh,
1: Lacure, yes, Sam Lacure, yeah. He's another guy. Didn't
0: make any excuses.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just uh, went out there, wanted the ball any time they'd give it to him, and at some point, the shelf life lives of uh, relievers are short anyway. Unless you're,
0: yeah. I was kind of surprised the Reds didn't move Straily at the. At the, at
1: the at- well, there, there's a couple ways to look at that. I mean. I, yeah, I think if they could have gotten anyone that that could be a player for this team, you know, going forward, I think you probably want to move him. On the other hand, how much was being offered for him? That's yeah, I'd like to know because this is a guy the Reds got for free. Yeah, you know they claimed it, they claimed him off the waiver wire, got him for free.
0: Uh,
1: the, the Padres just released him after spring training. Um, and he's, and he's, he's done a heck of a job for the rest. he's done an outstanding job and he's a guy that I think is probably destined to be a reliever but can be a pretty good little swing guy middle reliever uh, for, they've got him under control for the next five years so
0: uh, I think you are going to want him for the next five years I mean he's 27
1: now right right yeah but I mean they so, so they can they can take his prime and, and use it cheaply I mean he's not going to cost much um, so but but if you can get somebody a young guy who can do the same thing you know, you probably want to deal him, if, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe they didn't get any kind of uh, any offers on him. Who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah maybe. I, I can't believe that somebody that was looking for pitching wouldn't have wanted a guy. You know, that's striking out seven a game. His, his walk, you know, his walks are a little high, but you He's know, a, he doesn't give up a whole lot of home runs. He,
1: yeah, dependable. Um, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm a I'm a Straley fan, and uh, yeah, who knows. But uh, you're right about the bullpen being better. I think he's destined for the bullpen. But you add Lorenzen and Iglesias to that mix. Uh, Iglesias, another guy I want to see tried in the back in the rotation at some point. May never happen. But then the rotation is yeah, better I too. Hope you're wrong. What's that? I said, man, I hope you're wrong. Yeah, me too. Because I've, I've I've said it over and over. I think Iglesias is the most talented pitcher in this entire organization. Yep. So I hope that he.
0: And uh, it, it, it kind of bothers me that their Lorenzen's going to end up being a a reliever. I mean, that's a, was he, was he a number one?
1: Uh, I think he might have been a sandwich pick. Uh, yeah.
0: So, I mean, still.
1: Yeah. You know, for, for a relief pitcher? You know, I watched Lorenzen throw, and it's just this free and easy 98-mile-an-hour gas. I mean, like he's just throwing soft toss. He, he, he's amazing to me. And, again, that's, I don't know if he's a guy that can, can start. Um, maybe they'll try both those guys next year. They should. What's the, what's the harm?
0: Yeah, if you're going to do it, you know do it before you're in
1: contention. Yeah, so you know um, the 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 bullpen's better. The rotation you got uh, Di Scalfani back from uh, from his uh, injury. He's made ten starts now. And he's just uh, Lighten runner. it up. Yeah, six and zero, two point nine three ERA. Uh, Homer Bailey's back now. So a lot of things to be said for the pitching and uh, and of course Joey Votto's turned back into just. Uh, Superstar, Joey Votto.
0: Yeah, he's been kind of unconscious. Yeah,
1: he's been so much fun to watch. And I, On the last day of May, I think I looked it up, his batting average was 207. And again, batting average is what it is. But uh, yesterday, it went down after yesterday's game. But, but going into yesterday's game, it was 293. So he brought it up in a, you know, just a little over two months from 207 to 293. Just uh, 420 on base percentage now. That guy, he's just not real.
0: He's a different kind of player.
1: He is, and did you see what? Uh, did you see the incident?
0: Yeah, with Randy, the fan, Randy. I, I think Joey needs to be a little more
1: reasonable. I think he would agree with that. Actually, if you saw his comments later,
0: I did see what he said, but you know what? It's it's easy to after the fact.
1: Well, he's human. But this isn't the first time this has happened. He's human. He made a mistake. He uh, he recognized it. He tried to do what he could to make amends. And I agree with that. And I,
0: and I give him kudos for that. But when you keep having issues, well,
1: I don't know. Keep having issues. I mean,
0: there's I, been what three this year?
1: Yeah, but a lot of that stuff with fans on the road and just having fun with fans, giving them all, the opposing fans a hard time. What's he done at home? It's the first time we ever seen
0: anything like that. I guess I. Uh, yeah, I don't know I am I, I mean I'm not I'm not all in his his case about it but i right. I, I, I don't think he helps himself with this stuff in no. terms of public in terms, in terms of public relations
1: I agree yeah I'm predisposed to defend the guy and so that's my uh, first reaction but uh, it was uh, what I said in the I wrote the recap of the game that night and I, I said look that's just that's not a good look it's just not a good look but um you know he's so intense in the middle of a game. And uh, that, that's that's some of what we see. He's just so intense. He, you're right. He can't do that. He just he can't if he he's the face of the franchise. He can't do stuff like that. Uh, but his comments later were, uh, you'll never hear another player give a post game interview like that. He's just he's so thoughtful and he, obviously he's
0: brilliant. Yeah, I mean, and you're right, and, and and I and I have no doubt he felt really bad about it. I have no doubt about that. But it just anyway. Move
1: it on. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, the Reds are playing Pittsburgh next, and man, if they can uh, win another series, it's gonna be tough. They're going on the road a little bit here. It's gonna be tough, but um, but they're playing well. And and you know, every time I say something on Twitter or somewhere about how they're playing well, somebody uh, has to come back and say, "Yeah, well, look who they've played. You know, they're beating up on the bad team." They're like, whatever. Enjoy it. Nobody expected to continue well, just, this year. They just
0: beat the Cardinals. Good. I can remember times when that would have been. <laughs> Cause for breaking out the champagne.
1: I know, and they took two or three from the Giants in an even year. I mean, yeah, uh, on the road, uh, uh, right on the road, and so. But yeah, I don't care if they played every single one of these games since the All Star break against the against the Braves. You know, enjoy it. It's nobody ever expected to compete this year. They're not competing this year. They're not going to compete the rest of the year. They're not going to get back in the hunt. But man, when they're playing well, have fun with it. Yep. It's really, in a lot of ways, a pretty good group of guys to root for. You know, um, they're they're no other than I know you don't much care for the second baseman, but the rest of them is a bunch of pretty good guys seems like.
0: Well, the, the thing is, and you and I, and we've talked about this for years, is what you have to realize is that young players are going to struggle, and take your victories when you can get them, and, and just look for improvement day to day.
1: Well, you got to play the young players too, but. Uh, well, you have
0: to do that. But when it
1: comes to the pitchers, especially, yeah, they're going to take their lumps. Cody Reed's getting knocked around. Okay, that's going to happen. Uh, deal with it. Learn from it. You know. Think if, you see Stevenson 40 years over? Uh, you know, I I thought it was a foregone conclusion, but he's having some trouble throwing strikes in Triple A, so they may. I think we'll probably see him in uh, in September. September. Yeah, but I well, don't
0: think they may have to because they may be you know they may have some of these guys up against innings innings limits.
1: yeah Finnegan in particular is, is pushing up against that so, but uh we may see him in I expect we probably will see him in September but probably not before because he's uh I don't know he's he's not taking a step back but he's not taking a step forward this year either
0: in terms of and the and, and the, and the, the other kid uh Amir Garrett um, yeah we may see him before the season, though. I, th-
1: I think there's a good chance. I don't know if we, we – yeah, we might. I don't know one way or the other, but I think there's a pretty good chance that Amir Garrett is going to be right in the mix to be in the Red starting rotation out of uh, out of spring training
0: next year. And he, he was uh, – there was an article, I don't remember who wrote it, in the last couple of days, um, somebody in the local paper talking about, you know, that waiting on him doesn't make as much sense because he's an older kid.
1: Right, yeah, he got a little bit later start cuz he was playing basketball. I think it was Zach Buchanan in the Enquirer that wrote that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, and it's right. So I I think you know he'll be he'll be 25. He'll turn 25 during the season next year, I think. Um he has uh, done more to uh impress. Early in the year, I was all about Cody Reed and how great he did in uh, in the minors and how much he had his stock had, had risen. Garrett has shot straight past Reed. I mean, this guy has done nothing. He had a rough outing last night, but otherwise he is just Everywhere he's been, striking people out, um, throwing hard. So we'll see. You know that'll be. uh, Yeah, they probably got seven, eight guys that'll be in the mix for the starting rotation next year, and we'll start to see some of this shake out in terms of who's going to be the rotation on the next uh, uh, the next team they hope can compete.
0: The next iteration,
1: right? Yeah. So it's going to be a the next year's. I think there's a lot. It's not fun when they're not winning a lot. You know, if they're not competing for the playoffs, but I don't know, there's there's a lot to look for, and uh, and I'm the type of guy that wants to say, hey, this guy could be good. Let's be try to be optimistic, and uh, and you can sort of squint and see the the roots of a team that could be good in a couple of years if if things go right. Um, things could also go horribly wrong, and we'll be back in the back in the wilderness for another ten years. I don't know. I hope not.
0: Well, I, and I think they either need to get all they need to get all in. On the rebuild. Yeah. Which, which means they're going to take some, you know, they're going to take some abuse from the fans. But, yeah, like you said, you need to communicate with the fans is exactly what you're trying to do. And you have to commit to it. And and I, I don't feel like they've really done either one of those things. They've kind of talked about, they've talked about rebuilding, but yet, you know, you've got a 35-year-old second baseman. and Yeah. You
1: know, Three-quarters of your infield are over 30. I mean, that's is that committing to a rebuild?
0: Right, And, and only and, and only one of them is a guy that you, you're you pretty sure is going to be here long term.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think they've tried to soft pedal the rebuild rather than going all in. And I think they tried to convince everybody they were going all in. But, no, they've not gone all in on the rebuild. If they were all in, we'd have, uh, uh, you know, Perazzo would have been playing at least half the time at second base this year.
0: And at least for the last two months.
1: Yeah, he'd have been he'd been at least splitting time there and seeing what we have and, um, and and the Phillips decision, the difficult decision that the management's going to have to make with Phillips would have already been made uh, one way or the other. So yeah, go all in, go all in. Let's bring these uh, young pitchers and they have done some of that. The young pitchers have gotten a shot.
0: Uh, it kind of reminds me of Houston. I mean, they went all in and were terrible, you know, and now they're they're playing, you know, they're they're pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No doubt about it. So, um, you know, if, if the Reds have a, a an infield of Herrera and Parraza and Suarez and Votto next year with uh, Sinzel knocking on the door, you know, if they've got, yeah, I don't know about your outfield, but if it's Winker and uh, Hamilton and either Duvall or Shebler or somebody else they acquire in the outfield, you know, okay. They're probably going to take their lumps. On the other hand, are they going to be any worse than what we've got right now? Uh, team right, and, I got, and I hope they have
0: Devin back behind the plate. And
1: that's that's something actually I had made a note here. I wanted to ask you about if Devin can come back behind the plate. You got a pretty good catching duo in him and and Tucker Barnhart. Um, I, you know, are they worse than what we've got now? I don't I don't know that they, I don't know that they are. Uh, and
0: so, and you if, know, if you're, in, if you're in last place, what difference does it make how far in last place you are?
1: Well, everyone is uh, is clean. exactly, Every, and and everyone's like, oh, they traded all the all these stars away. But you know what? They were awful in 2014, and they were awful in 2015 without the, with those guys. You know, um, if we're going to be awful anyway, let's see what we got. See if we got any pieces. Uh, you you learn which pieces are going to be part of the next good Reds team, and then you learn which which ones are not, and so you learn where your holes are. And yeah. Um, and I don't know, I think fans will buy into a rebuild more if you really go all in as you put it. And and they've not done that and I don't see them doing that this year and if they do it next year I don't
0: we'll see. Well, and then you and if they if they do it next year you wonder why they what they were waiting on this year. Just like this year you're wondering why they didn't make some of these moves last year.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, they should have uh yeah, they they put the rebuild.
0: It, it almost makes you believe that there's Hesitation and ownership,
1: which I would understand, uh, but
0: now the rumor is that they've lost money in the last two years. Uh, Whether you want to believe that or not, I don't know.
1: I, I looked it up though, and uh, I think what do you pay? Eighty million for the franchise, and the latest valuation of the franchise is like two hundred and seventy million.
0: Oh, I, I, I'm not arguing at all. I'm just talking about year one year. You know, one year, one year.
1: Yeah, well, get a loss. Okay,
0: but I I I couldn't agree more about the value of the of the investment.
1: Yeah, his investment is not. uh,
0: He's not in any danger of losing his money. (laughs) No, no, he's
1: not gonna. He's not going to take another mortgage out of the house. Yeah. Um,
0: he's not going to have to move into a smaller house.
1: uh, Well, right. Okay, one last – as we start to wrap up here, I'm going to ask you one last question. And I'm not sure what I think my answer is here. I may have to work through that as we're talking. But let's say we're next uh, next spring and you're midway through spring training. Zach Cozart has not been tra- – unable to trade him, unable to trade Brandon Phillips. you got both those guys who have been had pretty good Reds careers. Both those guys still under contract for all of next year. What, opening day comes around. Or let's just, spring training starts. What are you doing with those positions? Oh, not not what are you doing? I know what you would do. What are, yeah. what what are the Reds going to do? Let's say that happens. What are the Reds going to do?
0: Because they've got well, those guys I, under contract. I mean, I don't see any reason to believe that, that you would believe that they're going to do anything different next year than they're doing now.
1: Yeah, and t- yeah,
0: right. What would what would make you believe that that, that, that would be next year? I guess you could say if you believe that what they're doing now is instituted by Walt Jockity. And if you believe that Williams is going to have full control of, of the organization for the team next year, you could make the argument that that could change because of that reason. Uh, but I, I, other than that, I don't see any reason to believe that, that things would be any different in the spring than they are right now.
1: That's what concerns me. I mean, maybe you can make a good argument. All right, let's get Herrera and Perazza, They're still young, 22, 23. Give them some, uh, you know, half a season – Triple A together and playing every day, and that's not going to harm their development. I don't think you can make that argument next year. They're both they're both that's, ready. They're both ready for the big leagues. And but I, they've got both Phillips and Cozart under contract. They've had difficulty trading them. You
0: know, I you wonder how much they've really tried to trade Cozart until recently. I mean, with him coming off the injury and everything, it's not like he was a hot commodity.
1: Yeah, there may be, and there may be a market for him.
0: Yeah, in the off season. Here's another question: Who's the Reds manager in spring training next year?
1: I might not have said this a few weeks ago, but I think it's Brian Price. I do. I think they signed Brian Price. They extend him. Out, uh, you know, they're they're not paying him anything anyway. And what's the point? Unless they really believe he's not the guy to run this rebuild. Uh, but I don't think we have evidence that he's not the guy. I don't know that he is. He's probably not the guy for the next good Reds team. But going no manager,
0: man, no manager survives a rebuild.
1: No, he's not going to survive it. So, uh,
0: and, and, and I would be willing to bet. Now I can't. I, I'm sure there've been some that have. But my guess is, if you looked at teams that went through rebuilds, 98 percent of those managers were not still the manager when they got good again. No,
1: no, no. And Price is not going to be the manager. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, but what's the point? That's what. That's my. Are you blaming Brian Price for the mess they're in right now? I don't. I, now I've got some problems with some things he does. He certainly doesn't make the right decision all the time, in my opinion. But
0: you know, what's the point? In has, making he been, has he been as good a manager as you had thought he'd be when they hired him?
1: No, no. But he's not been as bad as he people think he is.
0: I agree with that. I mean, yeah, you know, I agree with both of those statements. Yeah,
1: he uses. Uh, Joey Votto he, he, in the second spot in the lineup a few times. He batted Billy Hamilton ninth. I mean, these are sort of outside the box things that the previous manager never would have done in a million years. He's, you know,
0: my uh, biggest disappointment has been his use of the bullpen.
1: I agree. I agree, and he has this tendency to, uh, you know, uh, drop back into
0: roles. Quote unquote. Yeah, it, it plays. It, it's the book.
1: The book, right? The book. Um, but he's, you know, on uh, with with the with the lineup and things like that. Sometimes although he has batted Brandon Phillips third and fourth more than he should have. But in some ways, with the offense, he's gone outside the book more than most managers do. Most managers go by the book. They can't all be Joe Madden. But he also
0: does the 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 uh, old Dusty thing, you know. If a player's a late scratch, oh, he did this just the other day. Yeah, he goes right into the same spot in the lineup.
1: Yeah, two two days ago, Zach Kozar gets uh, messes up his uh, thumb, I guess. In yeah, uh, in batting practice, and who's your number two hitter in the lineup? Yvonne
0: Jesus Junior. Yep. Yeah. Because you, you know, well, you know what it is. You've already made out that lineup card. But you don't want to waste that piece of paper.
1: Oh, you got to make use. Who knows how much ink you've got to use to write it out again? I mean, you, you can't be going and wasting lineup cards and ink. You know, I, I understand. Somebody has to pay for those. <laughs> Somebody's paying for that. So he's a company manager trying to save the the company that's money. What,
0: sounds like what would have been going on under the old Marge regime. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, just slot him in there. So, but. Uh, yeah, price may get the boot, and uh, not very many managers survive two years like this. But I just, I keep coming back to it. What's the point? What, else, what, what, what are you trying to accomplish by getting rid of him? Who, who's going to come in here and willingly take the reins of a team that's probably going to lose ninety plus games next year? Uh, although I think if things go well, they could be a five hundred team next year. I really do think that. But that I, I could,
0: I could see them being five hundred next year if, if. if. The young players come along, and the pitching stays healthy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's enough pieces in place um, to where, where that you can make that case. But and so, if you do think there's a chance of that maybe you want to get the guy in, and uh, I, I don't know. I just don't see the point. I don't blame him for any of the mess we're in.
0: I don't either. But the two names that I think, I mean, Riggleman and the Shields.
1: Oh gosh, I'd keep. I'd take Price every day and twice on Sunday over either of those guys.
0: The Shields. Well, they, I mean, but they. they I mean, they. Brought the Shields all the way up through the organization.
1: Yeah, and he said Jesse Winker batting seventh yeah. with, uh, in AAA. I mean, uh, no thanks. But yeah, I mean, yeah, those are guys that have been around. And uh, of course, Riggleman has big league managerial experience. And you're right about the Shields. They've brought him right along. And uh, now he's at AAA. But, uh, you yeah, know, I don't know. Who are
0: you, you going to get this better than Price? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just throwing I, well, out. You know, some people would say, well, we want a good Barry Larkin in there. Yeah, that's not happening. Barry Larkin's not going to take over a team that's going to lose 100 ballgames. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and, I, and, and I'm not convinced that Barry Larkin wants to manage this team.
1: I don't know that he wants to be a manager, and I'm not convinced that we have any idea what he'd be like as a manager. percent And I'd hate to see him come in here and be another Dusty Baker and have his sort of legacy as a red tarnished uh, by being a manager that we all uh, – Despise, so you know I say who are you going to get that's better than Brian Price, and a lot of people would say anybody be better than Brian Price. Okay, well you know maybe I think Brian Price is just a, is an average manager. Well, uh, think- and, and you know
0: managers are only as good as the talent that they have to manage.
1: That's my point.
0: That's exactly. Um, that's exactly look at it. Joe Torre's records before he was a manager to Yankees. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You know I've got some uh some friends and some relatives that are uh, high school coaches in various sports, and they told me a long time ago it's not about the X's and O's it's about the Johnnys and Joe's it's about yeah. the, the players you've got not not as much about what what you do with them um, I mean you can make some difference on the margins and Brian Price has been put behind the eight ball he's not had the players um, so yeah okay, if you can get a better manager than him, sure. But I think you need to be very careful. You don't get a worse manager. And I think the DeShields would shields be a worse manager. I think Jim Riggleman would be at least uh, not better. I don't know that what in his history it makes us think he'd be better. And he plus he quit on a team in the middle of the season. So uh, when he was with Washington. So I you know I don't know. I I, I think it's probably better than even chance he, that Price is gone. But you know I worry. What happens if we get another Bob Boone or, or Ray Knight or Jerry Naren? You know. Dave Miley, you know, looked like he was going to be a good manager. And I think he probably got a little bit of a bad rap, but he also wasn't a very good manager.
0: Yep. Um, so, uh, what do you think? You think he's coming back? You think he's gone? I honestly don't know. I have no feel for it one way or another. I think that they may make a change as a public relations yeah. move.
1: Yeah. That's it. It'd be a way to sell tickets. And that's, that's what it would be. I mean, that's all it would be. Uh, but what, you know, what if the Reds keep playing decent baseball the second half, and then the narrative becomes that Brian Price has got, kept his team playing hard. He's he's got them to buy in, you know. Uh, that you know, I, I can see that's how I see them keeping him around. If Could they, be, I, 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 you know. I, I think you can make the point either way.
0: Yeah. So
1: we'll see. I don't know. I think we probably ought to wrap it up about there, Bill. Uh, what do you think?
0: Well, let's bring this right right back right right around back to where we started. Let's do that. With we Thomas Pauly. Thomas Pauly. And I'm, I looked him up while we've been talking. I looked him up on LinkedIn. He's now an analyst at Hudson Way Capital Management in Dallas. And under his experience and his background, it says, Cincinnati Reds, pitcher slash rehab specialist. <laughs> June 2003 to January 2008, Minor leagues, of course. Two shoulder surgeries and one elbow surgery, and now I sit behind a desk.
1: That's, uh, that's a guy with a sense of humor about what he went well, through.
0: He also has a, a Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering from Princeton. Wow. He's wow. probably almost as smart as you are.
1: Well, let's not get crazy here. Now you're just being silly.
0: Because but... <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we all know you went to Virginia and Georgia Tech.
1: No, not Georgia Tech.
0: I mean, Georgia, Georgetown.
1: Georgetown. Big difference, buddy.
0: Yeah, that's right. One one actually has engineers that actually do something. The other one turns out lawyers. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's excellent. that's a good point, actually. I'm not going to argue that one.
1: Um, <laughs> all right. Well, still, I love you, brother. I know, and I appreciate it, buddy. I love you, too. Uh, thank you all for listening to us here at Red Leg Nation Radio. Once again, we always have a good time talking about the Reds, whether they're good or whether they're bad. You can uh, go to redlegnation.com and click the, the podcast link up at the top. There'll be a post here as well that'll give you a link to uh, subscribe on iTunes or on uh, whatever your podcast catching device is or go to iTunes uh, and just do a search for Red Leg Nation Radio. we really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave us a review leave us a rating if it's going to be something good that helps other people find us and tell your friends. Uh, it's it's in- interesting to me that every week we get new listeners and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Interact with us uh, at Red Leg Nation on Twitter and at RedLegNation.com day to day uh, Bill, any final words of wisdom for us?
0: I haven't had a word of wisdom all
1: day. You haven't had a word of wisdom in uh, 142 episodes. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying, So long,